Coming up on The Exam Room. Every month we would bring 24 patients into our office and we were doing finger sticks and we found it's, it actually works. It's right amazing. On. Yeah, people's cholesterol drops 50, 100, 150 points was our record at the time for two weeks. Somebody comes in with a total cholesterol of 299 and on day 15, it's 149. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Talk about exceeding expectations. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. And then a guy with diabetes who came in with a hemoglobin A1C of 13.6. So if people don't know in the, in the audience, what that means is his average blood sugars were 350 for the last three months, 350, which is totally abnormal. And not on any medication, as doctors were saying, you know, you, you need to go on medication. And he came to our office and said, I'd like to try this first. I said, well, you know, okay, give it a shot. And by three months later, his hemoglobin A1C was 6.0, uh, which is just in the non-diabetic range. And now it's 5.4. If he goes to a doctor now, they would say, you don't have diabetes. And, nice. and he's been on that ever since. It's five years ago now. Welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for raising your health IQ with us coast to coast in the U.S. and in more than 150 countries. Hi to everyone listening in Rochester, New York, Bellevue, Washington, and Perth, Australia. Wherever you are, we appreciate you helping to make the world a healthier place. This is episode 102 of season 6, number 498 overall. Let's begin with a quote. I can fix your arteries with stents or broccoli. Which would you prefer? Well, those are the words of Dr. Ted Barnett. This is a gentleman who calls himself the high-tech doctor with low-tech solutions. And Dr. Barnett is our guest today on The Exam Room. And carving out a career with his low-tech solutions like broccoli has actually proven to be kind of a delicate walk because he still practices as an interventional radiologist to pay the bills, but he would much prefer to treat his patients with affordable fruits and vegetables rather than those expensive and invasive procedures. So what did he do? Well, he and his wife did a couple of things. Number one, they volunteer their time at the Rochester Lifestyle Medicine Institute, but he also co-founded it. And it is there at the Rochester Lifestyle Medicine Institute that he's able to write these prescriptions for produce whose effectiveness often matches or even exceeds the prescriptions that his patients have been given in the past. And one of the more exciting newer methods of treatment that he has crafted is this 15-day intervention that addresses the root cause of potentially life-threatening chronic illnesses. And this became so popular that it has expanded now beyond just the walls of the Rochester Lifestyle Medicine Institute. Now it's being offered on a global level. And right at the beginning of the show, you heard about a couple of the big successes that they have already seen. So we're going to be chatting about that with Dr. Veggie, a.k.a. Dr. Barnett, a.k.a. the high-tech doctor with low-tech solutions. But we're also going to be getting into the success rate of lifestyle interventions, comparing that to fad and traditional diets, and why so many diets fail overall. That's important to keep in mind as we flip the calendar over to the new year. And we're also going to be comparing indulgent foods that are plant-based and then traditional sweets and treats. How do they stack up? And then 
Is there a sweet spot for just the right amount of fat when it comes to the food we eat? And speaking of fat, can high-fat peanuts clog your arteries like other high-fat foods? We're going to be posing that question and how to raise your children on a vegan diet. Dr. Barnett has a lot of experience with that as well. So we have a lot to get into today. We recorded this conversation at the International Conference on Nutrition and Medicine, and it is a doozy. So I am thrilled that the high-tech doctor with low-tech solutions, Dr. Ted Barnett, is with us today on The Exam Room. Joined today by Dr. Veggie, and I know you are who you claim to be because Dr. Veggie is not just your title, Dr. Ted Barnett. It also happens to be your license plate. Oh, thanks. It's good to be here. You own it. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like this is this is cool, right? Dr. Barnett from the Rochester Lifestyle Medicine Institute actually is the embodiment of everything that he talks about right down to his license plate. You literally live, breathe, sleep health, man. And that's why I'm excited that you're on the show today. Oh, thanks. I'm excited too. Yeah. So repeat guest here on the show, but one of the most talked about among the exam roomies because of your exuberance, your positivity, the fact that you got the cool moniker. You also have another moniker. You're not just Dr. Veggie. Who are you? The high-tech doctor with low-tech solutions. There it is. High-tech doctor, low-tech. Everybody's got nicknames, man. But you know what? I think that when you have a fun little title like that, it helps people just retain the information a little bit more. Yeah, thanks. By the way, you want to know what that refers to, the high-tech part? Talk to me, doc. Yeah, so I'm an interventional radiologist, so I can fix your arteries with a balloon angioplasty or put a stent in there, or I could fix it with broccoli. That's oh. okay. That's the low tech version. Okay. Uh, which one do you think makes a better living? <laughs> well, I think that the answer to that is quite clear. However, I will say me personally, I'm going to go for broccoli every time. Doc. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Oh man. So when did Dr. Ted Barnett morph into becoming Dr. Veggie? Uh, interesting. So my wife and I got married back in 1986. We started having children in 1987 and 1991, uh, we decided to perform an experiment on our children. Well, uh, that could either be really awesome or really cool, man. So you're going to have to finish that story, Doc. Sure, sure. So we became vegan. We had two little girls at the time, and Nathaniel was not yet born, our youngest. And um, so we decided to, I figured, you know, uh, for environmental reasons, someone's going to have to figure out how to eat plants. Yeah. Because the planet's not going to be able to sustain this uh, much longer. And, of course, that was back in 1991. And I think it's pretty clear now that that was a good plan. Um, so I thought, well, somebody ought to figure this out. But there were already people who were figuring this out, like Dr. Michael Clapper and Neil Barnard and John Robbins. They were already writing about this. So we felt like we actually had um, uh, pioneers in front of us. So we said, well, it doesn't sound that dangerous. But I want to just double check to make sure it's not less healthy than the diet we're eating now, which was basically a, a healthier version of the standard American diet. So I'm reading about it thinking, wow, this is not just okay or healthy it's actually way healthier and then Mm. i read you know dean ornish's book on reversing heart disease and said game over uh we're gonna all medicine's gonna completely change we all have to just become uh vegan go on a vegan diet and everything's gonna be great and yeah okay so let me ask you about that i mean the amount of research that was done i mean obviously you talk about the books and those profound studies but Compared to the volume of research that we have today, it was so scant. What was it that made you trust so much the validity of Mm. those results? So that's a really good question. Um, Part of it was just sort of common sense because, you know, I'm a biologist and understand how evolution works. And I'm thinking, 
which is the experimental diet, the diet that comes out of a can and a jar and, you know, uh, and all this processed food, is that the experimental diet or is it just eating a lot of plants, right? That's our, what our ancestors have been, have been doing for millennia. And so uh, th there was the common sense. And then there was something that Dr. Ornish said in his book, which is he talks about how difficult it is to get uh, funding for research about lifestyle medicine because there's no money in it for mm. anybody. Mm. And that's when I had my sloping forehead moment. I said, oh, I get it. Yeah. Right? So how then do you, do you balance a career in medicine versus the career in lifestyle medicine where you said like the funding just is not what it is for the traditional health route. Like how, how do you reconcile the two? Cause clearly you're still in practice. You're sitting here with me. This is many years past 1991. Right. So how, how have you been able to sustain here for three decades or longer? So, uh, this was just a family, a personal choice and a family choice. This is not, was not my medical practice for many, many years. Uh, I, I'm an interventional radiologist, uh, which is, as I said before, catheters and angioplasties and things like that. Lots of biopsies. I've sort of morphed in the last five years to something that doesn't care. I don't have to carry a pager at night now. So, oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I'm that's not on good. call. So I don't do the interventional stuff uh, anymore. I, uh, I do women's imaging and do a lot of mammograms and a lot of breast biopsies. Um, but I don't make my living in lifestyle medicine. In fact, I'm a complete volunteer with Rochester Lifestyle Medicine Institute. My wife and I both are full-time volunteers for that, although we do have seven full-time staff that we do pay yeah. a, fair, a d decent wage. To, so. <laughs> well, let's just take a second to, to like talk about that. You have now seven full-time staff members, which mm -hmm. means that there's an appetite in the community for lifestyle medicine. Right. So the appetite, I mean, originally we were just doing this in Rochester, New York, and we um, had been running several different programs, including CHIP, the Complete Health Improvement Program. Um, but then we decided to develop our own program called the 15-Day Whole Food Plant-Based Jumpstart, and that was in 2018. And uh, I wanted to see if we could do it. So we uh, opened up a medical practice. We had an office in, outside of Rochester. And uh, every month we would bring 24 patients into our office and they were our patients which was really important because we were doing research and we wanted to actually have access to the to their labs and we were doing finger sticks on day number one mm -hmm. and then ha two saturdays later so the third saturday they'd come in again and we would do finger sticks and get their labs and we found it's that actually works it's right amazing on. yeah people's cholesterol drops 50 100 150 points was our record at the time for two weeks somebody comes in with a total cholesterol of 299 and on day 15, it's 149. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Talk about exceeding expectations. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. And then a guy with diabetes who came in with a hemoglobin A1C of 13.6. So if people don't know in the, in the audience, what that means is his average blood sugars were 350 for the last three months, 350, which is totally abnormal. And not on any medication. His doctors were saying, you know, you, you need to go on medication. And he came to our office and said, I'd like to try this first. I said, well, you know, okay. Give it a shot. And by uh, three months later, his hemoglobin A1C was 6.0, uh, which is just, uh, just in the non-diabetic range. And now it's 5.4. If he goes to a doctor now, they would say, you don't have diabetes. And, nice. and he's been on that ever since. It's five years ago now. Nice. But in terms of that demand, um, that was just in the Rochester area. Mm -hmm. And we were, people were in, around the country were interested in licensing our program. I wasn't sure exactly how that was going to work. And then... The answer came in the form of a pandemic <laughs> where we had to stop bringing 24 people at a time into our office. And uh, we, that was March of 2020. And we pivoted. 
Now it's all on Zoom. We uh, use the Google Classroom. So it meets seven times, or actually over 18 days, because we have a day minus three for orientation. And then they start the diet on day one. And on day 15, it's the diet, you know, the program's over. Uh, we have them get their labs. Hopefully they'll continue with the diet, because we basically follow an Esselstyn diet. Uh, and then we talk about adding back in some high-fat plant foods. But yeah, that's now, because of the miracle of Zoom and the Google Classroom, we're international. We've reached people in 44 states. That's so yeah. cool, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah, look at you. Beyond yeah. borders with your exactly. health, man. We had somebody sign up from Egypt. Did the, you really? Yeah, from, for the current jump, the, the current jump start. Man, I get the big, yeah, man. <laughs> I know that feeling. I see the joy on your face because like whenever I look at where people are downloading or watching, and yeah. it literally is more than 150 countries now around the world who have uh, watched or listened to the show, and it's like, I've never been to that. I didn't even know that that country existed. Right. But somehow it's reaching somebody there. It is the most gratifying feeling yeah. in the world, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just to know that it's making a difference. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, man. Uh, so 15-day jumpstart. Most jumpstarts that we hear about are 28 days. Here at the Physicians Committee, we have our 21-day. So how are you able to pack everything in in such a mm -hmm. shorter amount of time? You're talking like trimming almost a full week off of a 21-day. We're doing this in right. 15. Let's right. go. I don't remember the exact evolution because we were thinking about it as a team. I can tell you there was one very scientific reason we chose 15 days, hmm. which is that it begins and ends on the same day of the week. <laughs> so, so Saturday to Saturday. Right, exactly. Okay. If it well was played. a 14-day jumpstart or a 21-day jumpstart, it would not begin and end on the same day of the week. Look at this. Yeah. See, that's actually not bad. Yeah. That's actually not bad at all. So do you find with, with the uh, virtual classes, though, that they are just as impactful as the in-person ones? Have there been any trials or tribulation? Yeah, it's great that you can reach so many more people, but are there any disadvantages and how do you overcome those obstacles? So that's a really interesting question. And actually, we raised that question ourselves because uh, we've, we've been doing it virtually now for, uh, well, since 2020. So, you know, almost three years, um, actually over three years at this point. Uh, and we... So we have a, one of the members of our team actually has a Harvard MBA. Mm -hmm. He's really interested in numbers. Mm -hmm. So he does all our number crunching. And we said, can you go check the numbers pre-COVID uh, pre and after COVID? And he did that, and they came back almost exactly the same, actually slightly better for the virtual groups. Get out. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, there's not everybody responds to our uh, survey. So we have... We knew we had more accurate data before the jumpstart, before the uh, uh, pandemic, because those people were captive. They yeah. were our patients. Yeah. Now we have to depend on, on people filling out surveys. But the numbers came back exactly the same. And it, it kind of makes sense because, first of all, we have more encounters. Uh, it used to be just four encounters. It was Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, and Saturday. Now we have the pre-jumpstart, which is uh, Wednesday usually, uh, day minus three, and then if you add them all up, there's actually seven encounters now and um, for a total of 11 hours. Mm. Plus they have, you know, uh, the Google Classroom, people can interact with each other. Yeah. And there's, a, there's actually a, uh, a forum, like a, it's called, called the stream. So we have that being monitored all the time. So people can ask questions and they get their questions answered pretty quickly. So, you know, there's some advantages to being in person, but overall, in terms of having an impact on people's lives and especially reaching people around the planet, yeah. that's, that's, we're so much more scalable now. 
I like the idea that you're building with these jumpstarts, that sense of community, right? So if you if you have this online form, the Google Classroom, where people can interact and then post their questions. Like, do, do you find that like if somebody posts a challenge that they're facing, they're struggling with this or that, it's not just you as the doctor or your support staff who can respond. It's others who are actually going through the same thing and may have found success overcoming that yeah. same problem. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. So it'll be either participants in that cohort um, sometimes we'll have a, a volunteer who's done it already and they'll be in there. Mm. And then oftentimes we have people repeating the jumpstart because they liked it. Mm. And they'll say, well, this is what, what, how I did it last time. Or some people, a lot of people repeat it because they sort of need a refresher. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So how, okay. I think one of the speakers at the conference this year was talking about recidivism when it comes to diets. Mm -hmm. um, for those that go through the lifestyle medicine intervention, mm -hmm. How do you think that compares to, say, my experience, which I also talked about, going on the cookie diet, which clearly was not sustainable? Right, right. How did the two really compare? You know, it's first of all, it's really hard to gather that kind of data. I'm sure. It's really I'm sure. hard. Um, but, you know, first of all, we know it's not hurting them, right? It's of not like It's not like a drug where there, there's just going to be a negative side effect. There's almost, no, there are basically no negative side effects to you doing can, this. You can't but, OD on broccoli? You can, well, I suppose <laughs> anything's possible, right? Um, so... How shall I answer that? We don't really know, uh, and so I, I don't actually have the information. But, you know, this is really a societal problem. Mm. We're trying to change the culture. Right. At some point, telling people to eat a plant-based diet, they're going to say, well, what else would you eat? Right? Touche. <laughs> right? right? And, and that's what we're trying to do. Is, and so the more information that people get about this, whether it's through our, you know, they're going through our jumpstart or they know somebody who went through our jumpstart mm -hmm. or they know somebody who knew somebody because, you know, there's all three degrees of separation. You know, you're, the effects are go up uh, in ripples. On the yeah. pond. In fact, the guy I mentioned who whose hemoglobin A1C was 13.6 at the beginning, his wife, um, just because she lived with him, her dress size dropped from 22 to, I don't know, 12 or something. Good for You her. know, in a couple of months. Yeah. Or not a couple of months, but when we met, ran into him a few years later. And so, and who knows who she influenced. So, that's life-changing stuff, man. It is. It is. And, you know, with, with drugs, you, well, people, people, there's recidivism on drugs, too. Right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Right. People stop taking their medications. So um, it's, it's an interesting question, but I don't think it's a reason to not try. That was not a gotcha question. Sure. It was just, honestly, from my own experience, much more positive doing the lifestyle yeah. medicine intervention than yeah. anything else. And it's probably a bit like smoking. I mean, how many times do people quit smoking before they actually say, you know, it a took number. me three, right? Yeah. So Three was it for me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It took three. And God yeah. only knows how many food diet. I mean, seriously, it was well into the dozens of failed diets, you know, mm -hmm. every wacky one, the cookie diet, of course, but uh -huh. then, you know, just like the diet and exercise with no real guidance, but then, you know, let's talk about this, like reintroducing those foods back into your system, which I learned time and time and time again was not a good idea, but mm. somehow became mm. a master at convincing myself it was okay. Mm. And I could have just one. No, yeah, man. Yeah, like yeah. I, there's a certain subset of the population that can't have just one. I call mm -hmm. that doc, my one nacho theory, mm. because the one time I had lost like 65 pounds, just going to the gym, working out like a fiend, had cut out a lot of the fast food, by no means was eating a healthy diet, certainly not what I would consider healthy today, but had been successful losing the weight. And I thought like, well, I can have just one nacho. Yeah, sure. right. then, then another nacho, dunked in nacho cheese, <laughs> and another after that, and another yeah. after that. And pretty soon, yeah. you know, the train was off the tracks mm -hmm. once again. And so I call that my one nacho theory that right. there are people who just can't have one 
nacho, yeah. right? Yeah. So when you talk about in your your program reintroducing some of those, you know, higher fat plant-based foods, right. you know, how do you walk that line between you don't want to open up Pandora's box toward unhealthy stuff, but at the same time, these fats are a little bit different, but you mm-hmm. don't want to promote weight regain either. Yeah, so we actually... I don't think there's a scientific answer, to be perfectly honest. And we tell people that at the end. We teach that for the 15 days that they're on the Jumpstart, we basically teach the Esselstyn plan. Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn at the Cleveland Clinic. I'm, I, know, I know you know who he is. Uh, and, you know, I tell people if you Google the words no oil, you'll get Dr. Esselstyn saying no <laughs> oil. Right? And uh, there's always a little video. And, you know, he's tall and intimidating, so people do what he says. Um, but... Uh, I'm going to isolate that and put that up on Instagram. That's so good. <laughs> sure. Um, anyway, uh, he, people who have been through his program and have stuck with the Esselstyn plan do fabulously well. If they have heart disease and, you know, they were going to go under the knife, they have angina, those people have done really well. We don't know for sure whether they need to stay on, uh, have to avoid the high-fat plant foods, the whole, now I'm talking about whole high fat plant foods. We never advocate oil for our patients. Mm-hmm. It's not part of a whole food plant-based diet, but you can have a VLF WF PBD or a very low fat whole food plant-based diet, which is the Esselstyn diet, or you can just have a WF PBD, you know, a whole food plant-based diet. And somewhere in there between having, a, you know, no nuts, seeds, olives, avocado, um, none of that versus having some, we don't really know if there's an ideal. I don't know. I don't know that there really is an ideal spot. Right. It'd right. be really hard to do a randomized control trial. Yeah. On yeah. I think so too. Yeah. But let me ask you this. Let's let's see if we can steer this another way that uh, the exam roomies might find interesting. All right. We know that if you eat an entire jar of peanuts every day for mm. a month, mm-hmm. you're going to gain some weight. Right. Right. But what's the difference between eating that entire jar of peanuts in terms of clogging your arteries, say, versus going to eat that same amount, that fat and calorie equivalent of fast food? How would the uh, arteries treat those two foods differently? Okay. So, um, you know, peanuts are a whole food, right? That's They have the fiber, it's intact. When you start to get into uh, junk food, fast food, you're talking about stuff that's processed, that your body does actually metabolize very differently. It gets into your digestive system. It affects your microbiome very differently in a negative way. So, you know, I think there's actually good evidence that a small amount of nuts and seeds is probably healthy, healthier. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the blue zones, which are the you know places around the planet where people tend to live a long time, uh, they... Uh, they had nuts and seeds in their diet. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, they were doing it all their lives. Their children didn't grow up eating junk food and then suddenly decided to go healthy. And uh, you know, uh, So we don't really know th- uh, what it's like for people whose basically physiology has already been damaged for the last 40 years yeah. by being on the standard American diet versus growing up with healthy food all their lives. So um, not the, peanuts are, the, the peanuts are always going to be better than the junk food. Right on, right, right on. And, and just one more point, though, about sure. that. When people get to the, the end of that two weeks, they have their labs in their hands. So they kind of know what's the best they can do. If, their cholest- if cholesterol was their issue and they had a very dramatic drop in their cholesterol, so say it was 200, now it's 135 or something, um, they'll know that that's, they can do that if they want to. So if they add back in some high-fat plant foods, nuts, avocado, olives, and their cholesterol shoots back up, well, those people may want to consider staying on the VLF, WF, DVD, mm-hmm. the the Esselstyn program, but if they can, you know, add those healthy fats back in and their, their labs stay good, then they can, you know, probably uh, stay that way with the higher fat plant foods. 
So I'm thinking back, you know, to the 15 day, they get to the end, they add that. But like, also, what, what kind of value do you see also in making sure that people have a support system after those 15 days, right? Because you're, you're talking about changing for, I'm assuming, a lot of these individuals, a lifestyle of habits in the span of a little over two weeks. I would imagine that there, a little bit of follow-up at the very least would be helpful for some of these people. Do you right. get the opportunity to hold their hand for a little bit beyond the 15 days? Yeah, we do. So we, um, they automatically get enrolled in our alumni program, which is free. It meets once a month. Uh, the, and the, the alumni group actually has its own Google Classroom. Nice. And once a month we get together, and, and um, we're going to be adding more into that so that it'll start to meet once a week because uh, yeah. we we've got so many people in the alumni program now, and you know, there's some people who need to have their hand held more than once a month. We also do have a coaching program, which, of course, that, they have to pay for that because we, we do have coaches yeah. who use telehealth uh, to meet with people. So that's kind of a, 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 a good way. And then we, of course, always have the Google Classroom where they can just go and enter questions into that. Even if they don't attend the monthly meetings, they can at least get their questions answered in the, in the Google chat. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I want to end with kind of a fun question. All right. Let's end with a fun question. So you've been keeping an eye on this whole nutrition, the plant-based thing since the late 80s. And, yeah. you know, here we are in 2023. What research is coming out? What research have you seen recently? What research are you looking forward to that still excites you and gives you that same sense of, oh, wow, that you had all those years ago? Yeah. That is really interesting. So I'm going to back up for a second and say that there's one word I really can't stand now when I hear it, when I hear it from the medical experts, or well, not the experts, the administrators of the health systems, of the insurance companies, and they always use the word pilot. Well, let's do a pilot program. Mm. Say, how many more pilot programs do we need? <laughs> we know that if people would do this diet, they're going to get better. Why do we need another pilot program? Let's just do it. So I think the research needs to be done not on whether this diet works or whether going to a whole food plant-based diet works. The, the research needs to be done on how can we change individual behavior so that people will actually do it, and then how can we change the culture so that it's not the hard choice anymore. You know, the, the healthy choice becomes the easy choice. That's where we need to do the research. Let's get come up with programs that actually operationalize it. So that's why we came up with our Jumpstart. It operationalizes it. Dr. Smith in Omaha, Nebraska has one patient who could benefit from this. He doesn't need to start his own lifestyle, or his, you know, his own whole plant-based program. He just tells them to go to this website, our website, rochesterlifestylemedicine.org, and click on here and enroll. And the, the patient can do it themselves, or he can actually refer. Just click on this, and if he puts in that information uh, we'll, uh, with the patient's phone number, we'll call the patient and get him enrolled. So it needs to be operationalized. Um, that's where the research needs to be done. What are the best ways to do it? There's lots of room for you know, different people to experiment. You know, we've reached 2,000 people so far with our programs, but there's 150 million people who need this. Yes, sir. Right, right? at least. At least, not yeah, all exactly, of us, right? exactly. So um, let's, there's lots of room for all kinds of experimentation. Let's come up with some experiments and see which programs reach which people, and let's use them. There you go. I like, yeah, man, I change like the, the way, culture. I like the way you think, Ted Barnett. <laughs> Dr. Veggie here, man. But you know what? I thought we were going to end with that, but then you were talking about this research. We got to go back to the original research you were talking about yeah. in 1991 with your kids. Right. How did that experiment turn out? <laughs> well, I mean, there are kids, so there were some bumps in the road, of course, but they've been basically vegan all their lives. Uh, Nathaniel's been vegan since before birth. I got an interesting, he's 31 now, about six or seven years ago, I got a fun, funny phone call from him. Uh, he said, Dad, the doctors are worried about me. I said, what is it? He goes, it's my cholesterol. I said, 
what's wrong with your cholesterol? It's in my LDL. Well, what is it? It's too low. It's, I said, well, what's the number? It's 15. You have an LDL of 15? He goes, is that okay, Dad? And I said, yeah. I mean, you're the healthiest person I know, and I don't know anybody who's been vegan since before birth, so it must be okay. So, you know, he graduated from Yale. With a, he was a music major. He actually went out. He, a little bragging here. He actually has a Grammy. Uh, Go ahead, Dad. Yeah, yeah. Brag away, man. Sure. Pop that collar. Uh. Yeah. So um, he's in a professional choir called The Crossing in Philadelphia, and uh, their last album got a Grammy. So I guess technically he got 124th of a Grammy because there's 24 people uh, in the choir. They sent out 24 Grammys. Yeah. He has one. He has one, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, so he's, he's doing great. Our oldest is 36 now. She's, you know, um, uh, teaches music at a Quaker school in Brooklyn. Our middle daughter is about 34 now. She has her master's degree in musical theater composition. I'm noticing uh, a theme here. Yeah, right. And uh, so they're all musicians. I didn't get any doctors. So in that sense, maybe we didn't do as well as I would have liked, but they're all musicians and they're, they're a joy to be around and they're all very healthy. So amazing. Yeah. yeah. Do you play anything at all? I do. I do. Okay. Yeah. You I, were, you were the inspiration? Uh, my wife too. I mean, I play the sax and the piano a little bit. And so we're also a recorder when I'm in the, in the, the record. I haven't seen a recorder since yeah, elementary yeah, school. Yeah, Dr. Yeah. Barnett, that yeah. little plastic. Uh, no, 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 no. Mine's a big wooden one. Oh, you got a legit recorder. Oh, yeah. It's a tenor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When I'm, when I'm in a Baroque mood, I play that. Okay. Uh, a Baroque folk, mood. Or folk That's music. the yeah. first time in 600 episodes or so between the video and the audio anybody has ever used the word Baroque. Okay. That is outstanding. And mm. we have learned something. We're going to put the definition in the show description for you guys. Uh, what Baroque, what, what, what is this? But just, uh, just, I mean, Baroque I'm genuinely music, you know, like word of the day. Like, school me up, Doc. Well, like Bach, you know, uh, that's Baroque, considered Baroque music. So, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm tongue tied we'll at the moment. Yeah. All right, I'm going to so look that basically, up. Baroque. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. Not exactly. broke. Right. Baroque. Baroque. B A R O Q U E. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're yeah. learning today. Sure. Absolutely. All right. Raising our yeah. health IQs and our regular IQ as well. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And, and speaking of the saxophone, which yeah. I know you weren't. I <laughs> absolutely was. A, speaking of something we weren't talking about. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I was at the Vegetarian Summerfest in early July this year, and I was up on stage actually noodling a little bit. Uh, we did um, a James Brown tune. Shut you know, the front I, door. I, I feel good. With uh, Dr. Milton Mills was up there. He was the singer. Uh, yeah, I was doing the da na 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 na. This is epic. This is yeah. epic. Yeah. All right, man. We're gonna form the. We're gonna form a band, and okay. you're just gonna Sounds be like good. the traveling rock docs. That's what it's gonna be, man. <laughs> okay. I love it so much, Sounds dude. Good. Thank you for your time. Right. Congratulations on Thank all you. of your success, Dr. Thank Veggie. You. That's Dr. Ted Barnett. Links to follow Dr. Barnett, link up with him at the Rochester Lifestyle Medicine Institute. All of that right now is in the show description and in the episode notes for you. And as a reminder, coming up every Wednesday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, we have the exam room live. And that is your greatest opportunity to ask our experts your questions right then on the spot. This Wednesday, Dr. Neil Barnard is back with us on the show. So set a reminder, mark your calendars, Wednesday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on the Physicians Committee's Facebook page and YouTube channel. You can join us live there or catch the replay of the podcast right back here first thing on Thursday. So you've heard me talk about this before, but I'm going to ask you again, because there's a chance that your answer is no. And then my response to that is going to be, well, why not? So the question here as we do the song and dance is, are you a VIP? 
are you an exam room VIP? That is elite level nutrition status, my friend. This is your opportunity to take your health IQ to an even higher level, improve your health all for free. There is no monthly fee for this membership. It is completely free and you can take it with you wherever it is you go. And as an exam room VIP, you will get exclusive access to our premium interviews, including the one that we just had with Dr. Michael Greger. You'll get access to those select interviews two weeks before anyone else. You will also get the opportunity to participate in pre-sale ticket opportunities for our big live events. We had the big ones in LA, New York, Washington, D.C. with the Esselstyns this past year. And now coming up in 2024 as an exam room VIP, you will get the opportunity to secure your seats before anyone else as well. Plus more exclusive live online Q&As with Dr. Neil Barnard as he gets ready to release his new book, The Power Foods Diet. That's going to be coming out in the spring, but new shows with him exclusively for VIPs coming before that. But best of all, your VIP membership with the exam room supports our mission at the Physicians Committee of making the world a healthier place. We want to continue to touch lives around the world through our groundbreaking research, our education, and programs just like this. So log on right now, get that VIP status, take your health IQ to that next level at pcrm.org slash exam room VIP. That is pcrm.org slash exam room VIP. Again, it is absolutely free. So you have nothing to lose and only your health to gain. And speaking of gaining, do you feel like your health IQ gained a point or two? Well, if it did, head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever it is that you get your shows, and follow and subscribe to the Exam Room Podcast by the Physicians Committee and leave a five-star rating. That is how we can continue to spread our message far and wide that you do not have to be trapped in an unhealthy body. You can reclaim your health. You can reduce your risk of disease. You can even reverse a lot of the diseases that you have been living with for years. And it begins with what is on your plate and how you live your life. And we would love to give our tools, what we have learned through our years of research, to those in need. So let's help them out. Go ahead. Just take a second to head over to Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your shows. Follow the exam room. Subscribe to it by the Physicians Committee. Leave that five-star rating and a nice review. Let us know how a plant-based diet and the exam room podcast has helped to improve your health. And that is how we continue to make the world a healthier place. And for today, that is going to wrap things up. I want to say thank you one more time to my guy, Dr. Veggie, the high-tech doctor with low-tech solutions, Dr. Ted Barnett. Thank you so very much for being here and raising our health IQs, my friend. And for everyone at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, as always, keep it plant-based. Mm-hmm.